Section 48 of Micrographia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Micrographia by Robert Hooke. Observation 43 Of the Water Insect, or Gnat. This little creature, described in the first figure of the twenty-seventh scheme, was a small scaled or crusted animal, which I have often observed to be generated in rainwater. I have also observed it both in pond and river water. It is supposed by some to deduce its first original from the putrefaction of rainwater, in which, if it have stood any time open to the air, you shall seldom miss, all the summer long, of store of them frisking to and fro. Tis a creature wholly differing in shape from any I ever observed, nor is its motion less strange. It has a very large head in proportion to its body, all covered with a shell, like other testaceous animals. But it differs in this, that it has, up and down several parts of it, several tufts of hairs or bristles, placed in the order expressed in the figure. It has two horns, which seemed almost like the horns of an ox, inverted, and as near as I could guess were hollow, with tufts of bristles likewise at the top. These horns they could move easily this or that way, and might perchance be their nostrils. It has a pretty large mouth, which seemed contrived much like those of crabs and lobsters, by which I have often observed them to feed on water, or some imperceptible nutritive substance in it. I could perceive through the transparent shell while the animal survived several motions in the head, thorax, and belly, very distinctly, of differing kinds which I may perhaps elsewhere endeavour more accurately to examine, and to show of how great benefit the use of a microscope may be for the discovery of nature's course and the operations performed in animal bodies, by which we have the opportunity of observing her through these delicate and pellucid teguments of the bodies of insects, acting according to her usual course, and way undisturbed whereas when we endeavour to pry into her secrets by breaking open the doors upon her, and dissecting and mangling creatures whilst there is life yet within them, we find her indeed at work, but put into such disorder by the violence offered, as it may easily be imagined how differing a thing we should find, if we could, as we can with a microscope in these smaller creatures, quietly peep in at the windows without frightening her out of her usual bias. The form of the whole creature, as it appeared in the microscope, may, without troubling you with more descriptions, be plainly enough perceived by the scheme. The hinder part, or belly, consisting of eight several jointed parts, namely A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, of the first figure, from the midst of each of which, on either side, issued out three or four small bristles or hairs, I, 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 I. The tail was divided into two parts of very differing make, one of them, namely K, having many tufts of hair or bristles, which seemed to serve both for the fins and tail, for the oars and rudder of this little creature, wherewith it was able, by frisking and bending its body nimbly to and fro, to move himself any whither, and to scull and steer himself as he pleased. The other part, L, seemed to be as twere the ninth division of his belly, and had many single bristles on either side. From the end V, of which through the whole belly there was a kind of gut of a darker colour, MMM, 
wherein by certain peristaltic motions there was a kind of black substance moved upwards and downwards through it from the orbicular part of it in which seemed the ventricle or stomach to the tail v and so back again which peristaltic motion i have observed also in a louse a gnat and several other kinds of transparent bodied flies the thorax or chest of this creature o o o o was thick and short and pretty transparent for through it i could see the white heart which is the color also of the blood in these and most other insects to beat and several other kind of motions it was bestuck and adorned up and down with several tufts of bristles such as are pointed out by p p p p the head q was likewise bestuck with several of those tufts s s s it was broad and short had two black eyes t t which i could not perceive at all pearled as they afterwards appeared and two small horns r r such as i formerly described both its motion and rest is very strange and pleasant and differing from those of most other creatures i have observed for where it ceases from moving its body the tail of it seeming much lighter than the rest of its body and a little lighter than the water it swims in presently buoys it up to the top of the water where it hangs suspended with the head always downward and like our antipodes if they do by a frisk get below that superficies they presently ascend again unto it if they cease moving until they tread as it were under that superficies with their tails the hanging of these in this posture put me in mind of a certain creature i have seen in london that was brought out of america which would very firmly suspend itself by the tail with the head downwards and was said to keep in that posture with her young ones in her false belly which is a purse provided by nature for the production nutrition and preservation of her young ones which is described by piso in the twenty-fourth chapter of the fifth book of his natural history of brazil the motion of it was with the tail forwards drawing itself backwards by the striking to and fro of that tuft which grew out of one of the stumps of its tail it had another motion which was more suitable to that of other creatures and that is with the head forward for by moving of his chaps if i may so call the parts of his mouth it was able to move itself downwards very gently towards the bottom and did as twere eat up its way through the water but that which was most observable in this creature was its metamorphosis or change for having kept several of these animals in a glass of rain-water in which they were produced i found after about a fortnight or three weeks keeping that several of them flew away in gnats leaving their husks behind them in the water floating under the surface the place where these animals were wont to reside whilst they were inhabitants of the water this made me more diligently watch them to see if i could find them at the time of their transformation and not long afterwards i observed several of them to be changed into an unusual shape wholly differing from that they were of before their head and body being grown much bigger and deeper but not broader and their belly or hinder parts smaller and coiled about this great body much of the fashion represented by the pricked line in the second figure of the twenty-seventh scheme the head and horns now swam uppermost and the whole bulk of the body seemed to be grown much lighter for when by my frightening of it it would by frisking out of its tail in the manner expressed in the figure by b c sink itself below the surface towards the bottom the body would more swiftly reascend than when it was in its former shape 
I still marked its progress from time to time, and found its body still to grow bigger and bigger. Nature, as it were, fitting and accoutering it for the lighter element of which it was now going to be an inhabitant. For by my observing one of these with my microscope, I found the eyes of it to be altogether differing from what they seemed before, appearing now all over pearled or knobbed like the eyes of gnats, as is visible in the second figure by A. At length I saw part of this creature to swim above and part beneath the surface of the water, below which, though it would quickly plunge itself if I by any means frighted it, and presently reascend into its former posture, after a little longer expectation I found that the head and body of a gnat began to appear, and stand clear above the surface, and by degrees it drew out its legs, first the two foremost, then the other, at length its whole body perfect and entire appeared out of the husk which it left in the water, standing on its legs upon the top of the water, and by degrees it began to move, and after flew about the glass, a perfect gnat. I have been the more particular and large in the relation of the transformation of divers of these little animals which I observed, because I have not found that any author has observed the like, and because the thing itself is so strange and heterogeneous from the usual progress of other animals, that I judge it may not only be pleasant, but very useful and necessary towards the completing of natural history. There is indeed in Piso a very odd history which this relation may make the more probable, and that is in the second chapter of the fourth book of his Natural History of Brazil, where he says, Poro Prater, tot documenta fertilitatis circa vegetabilia e sensitiva marina tellurus amula, acadit e illud, quod pacus aparanambucensi miliaribus, piscatoris uncum citra intentionum, contagat infigi vadis petrosis, e locopici spongia, corala, aliosque arbusculus marinus capi. Interhaec inusitate, forme prodit spongiosa arbuscula, sesquipedis longitudinis, brevioribus, radicibus, lapideus, nitens vadis, Erupidus infixa, Erigiturce in corpus spongiosum, Mole oblongum, rotundum, turbinatum, Intismiris cancellus e alves fabricatum, Extasatum tenaci glutine instar opum propolis, Undice vestitum, Osteosetus petulo e profundo in sumitate relicto, Sicut ex altera iconum probe depicta videri licit. See the third and fourth figures of the twenty-seventh scheme. Ita ut apiarium marinum veridixeris, primo enum intuitu et mariad terum delatum, vermiculus catabat carulius parvus, chimoxa calare solis in muscus, valapis potius esc, exiguus e nigris transformabantur, circumvolantesque evanescent, Itaut de eorum mellificatione nihil certi conspicidatum fuerit, cum tamen que rosa materia propolis apumque celli manifeste apparerent, at que ipsa mellis qualis cunque, substantia proculdubio urinatoribus patabit, ubi curiosius inquisiverent haec apiaria, Iace in natale solo e salo diversus temporibus penitius lustrarent. 
which history contains things sufficiently strange to be considered, as whether the husk were a plant growing at the bottom of the sea before of itself, out of whose putrefaction might be generated these strange kinds of maggots, or whether the seed of certain bees sinking to the bottom might there naturally form itself that vegetable hive and take root, or whether it might not be placed there by some diving fly, or whether it might not be some peculiar propriety of that plant whereby it might ripen or form its vegetable juice into an animal substance, or whether it may not be of the nature of a sponge, or rather a sponge of the nature of this, according to some of those relations and conjectures I formerly made of that body, is a matter very difficult to be determined. But indeed in this description, the excellent Piso has not been sufficiently particular in setting down the whole process as it were to be wished. There are indeed very odd progresses in the production of several kinds of insects, which are not less instructive than pleasant, several of which the diligent Godartius has carefully observed and recorded, but among all his observations he has none like this, though of the Hemorobius be somewhat of this kind, which is added as an appendix by Johannes May. I have for my own particular, besides several of those mentioned by him, observed divers other circumstances, perhaps not much taken notice of, though very common, which do indeed afford us a very coercive argument to admire the goodness and providence of the infinitely wise Creator in his most excellent contrivances and dispensations. I have observed at several times of the summer that many of the leaves of divers plants have been spotted, or as it were scabbed and looking on the undersides of those of them that have been but a little irregular, I have perceived them to be sprinkled with divers sorts of little eggs, which letting alone I have found by degrees to grow bigger, and become little worms with legs, but still to keep their former places, and those places of the leaves, of their own accords, to be grown very protuberant upwards, and very hollow, and arched underneath, whereby these young creatures are, as it were, sheltered and housed from external injury, Divers leaves I have observed to grow and swell so far as at length perfectly to enclose the animal, which by other observations I have made I guess to contain it, and become, as it were, a womb to it, so long till it be fit and prepared to be translated into another state, at what time like what they say of vipers, they gnaw their way through the womb that bred them. Divers of these kinds I have met with upon gooseberry leaves, rose-tree leaves, willow leaves, and many other kinds. There are often to be found upon rose trees and briar bushes little red tufts, which are certain knobs or excrescencies, growing out from the rind or barks of those kind of plants. They are covered with strange kinds of threads or red hairs, which feel very soft and look not unpleasantly. In most of these, if it has no hole in it, you shall find certain little worms, which I suppose to be the causes of their production. For when that worm has eaten its way through, they having performed what they were designed by nature to do, by degrees die and wither away. Now the manner of their production I suppose to be thus, that the all-wise Creator has well implanted in every creature a faculty of knowing what place is convenient for the hatching, nutrition, and preservation of their eggs and of springs, whereby they are stimulated and directed to convenient places which become, as twere, the wombs that perform these offices as he has also suited and adapted a property to those places whereby they grow and enclose those seeds, and having enclosed them provide a convenient nourishment for them, 
but as soon as they have done the office of a womb, they die and wither. The progress of enclosure I have often observed in leaves, which in those places where those seeds have been cast, have by degrees swelled and enclosed them, so perfectly round as not to leave any perceptible passage out. From this same cause, I suppose, the galls, oak apples, and several other productions of that kind, upon the branches and leaves of trees, have their original. For if you open any of them, when almost ripe, you shall find a little worm in them. Thus if you open never so many dry galls, you shall find either a hole whereby the worm has eat its passage out, or if you find no passage, you may by breaking or cutting the gall find in the middle of it a small cavity, and in it a small body which does plainly enough yet retain a shape, to manifest it once to have been a worm, though it died by a too early reparation from the oak on which it grew, its navel string as twere being broken off from the leaf or branch by which the globular body that enveloped it received its nourishment from the oak. And indeed if we consider the great care of the Creator in the dispensations of His providences for the propagation and increase of the race, not only of all kind of animals but even of vegetables, we cannot choose but admire and adore Him for His excellencies. But we shall leave off to admire the creature or to wonder at the strange kind of acting in several animals, which seem to favour so much of reason. It seeming to me most manifest that those are but actings according to their structures and such operations as such bodies, so composed, must necessarily, when there are such and such circumstances concurring, perform. Thus when we find flies swarming about any piece of flesh that does begin a little to ferment, butterflies about colworts and several other leaves, which will serve to hatch and nourish their young, gnats and several other flies about the waters and marshy places, or any other creature seeking and placing their seeds in convenient repositories, we may, if we attentively consider and examine it, find that there are circumstances sufficient, upon the supposals of the excellent contrivance of their machine, to excite and force them to act after such or such a manner. Those steams that rise from these several places may perhaps set several parts of these little animals at work, even as in the contrivance of killing a fox or wolf with a gun, the moving of a string is the death of the animal, for the beast, by moving the flesh that is laid to entrap him, pulls the string which moves the trigger, and lets go the cock which on the steel strikes certain sparks of fire which kindle the powder in the pan, and that presently flies into the barrel, where the powder catching fire rarefies and drives out the bullet, which kills the animal. In all which actions there is nothing of intention or ratiocination to be ascribed either to the animal or engine but all to the ingeniousness of the contriver. But to return to the more immediate consideration of our gnat, we have in it an instance not usual or common of a very strange amphibious creature, that being a creature that inhabits the air does yet produce a creature, that for some time lives in the water as a fish, though afterward, which is as strange, it becomes an inhabitant of the air, like its sire, in the form of a fly. And this, methinks, does prompt me to propose certain conjectures as queries, having not yet had sufficient opportunity and leisure to answer them myself from my own experiments or observations. And the first is, whether all those things that we suppose to be bred from corruption and putrefaction may not be rationally supposed to have their origination as natural as these gnats, who tis very probable were first dropped into this water in the form of eggs 
those seeds or eggs must certainly be very small, which so small a creature as a gnat yields, and therefore we need not wonder that we find not the eggs themselves, some of the younger of them which I have observed having not exceeded a tenth part of the bulk they have afterwards come to. And next I have observed some of those little ones which must have been generated after the water was enclosed in the bottle, and therefore most probably from eggs, whereas those creatures have been supposed to be bred of the corruption of the water, there being not formally known any probable way how they should be generated. A second is whether these eggs are immediately dropped into the water by the gnats themselves, or immediately are brought down by the falling rain. For it seems not very improbable but that those small seeds of gnats may, being perhaps of so light a nature, and having so great a proportion of surface to so small a bulk of body, be ejected into the air, and so perhaps carried for a good while to and fro in it, till by the drops of rain it be washed out of it. A third is whether multitudes of those other little creatures that are found to inhabit the water for some time, do not at certain times take wing and fly into the air. Others dive and hide themselves in the earth, and so contribute to the increase both of the one and the other element. Postscript A good while since the writing of this description I was presented by Dr. Peter Ball, an ingenious member of the Royal Society, with a little paper of nuts, which he told me was sent him from a brother of his out in the country, from Mamhead in Devonshire. Some of them were loose, having been, as I suppose, broken off. Others were still growing fast upon the sides of a stick, which seemed by the bark, pliableness of it, and by certain strings that grew out of it, to be some piece of the root of a tree. They were all of them dried and a little shriveled, others more round of a brown color. Their shape was much like a fig, but very much smaller, some being about the bigness of a bayberry, others in the biggest of a hazelnut. Some of these that had no hole in them I carefully opened with my knife and found in them a good large round white maggot, almost as big as a small pea, which seemed shaped like other maggots, but shorter. I could not find them to move, though I guessed them to be alive, because upon pricking them with a pin there would issue out a great deal of white mucous matter, which seemed to be from a voluntary contraction of their skin. Their husker matrix consisted of three coats, like the barks of trees the outermost being more rough and spongy, and the thickest, the middlemost more close, hard, white, and thin, the innermost very thin, seeming almost like the skin within an eggshell. The two outermost had root in the branch or stick, but the innermost had no stem or process, but was only a skin that covered the cavity of the nut. All the nuts that had no holes eaten in them I found to contain these maggots, but all that had holes I found empty, the maggots, it seems, having eaten their way through, taken wings, and flown away, as this following account, which I received in writing from the same person, as it was sent him by his brother, manifests. In a moorish black peaty mould, with some small veins of whitish yellow sands upon occasion of digging a hole two or three foot deep, at the head of a pond or pool, to set a tree in, at that depth were found about the end of October 1663 in those very veins of sand, those buttons or nuts sticking to a little loose stick, that is, not belonging to any live tree, and some of them also free by themselves. Four or five of which, being then opened, some were found to contain live insects come to perfection, most like to flying ants, if not the same. In others insects, yet imperfect, having but the head and wings formed, the rest remaining a soft, 
white, pulpy substance. Now, as this furnishes us with one odd history more, very agreeable to what I before hinted, so I doubt not but were men diligent observers, they might meet with multitudes of the same kind, both in the earth and in the water and in the air, on trees, plants, and other vegetables, all places and things being, as it were, an amarum plena. And I have often, with wonder and pleasure in the spring and summer-time, looked close to and diligently on common garden mould, and in a very small parcel of it found such multitudes and diversities of little reptiles, some in husks, others only creepers, many winged and ready for the air, divers husks or habitations left behind empty. Now if the earth of our cold climate be so fertile of animate bodies, what may we think of the fat earth of hotter climates? Certainly the sun may there, by its activity, cause as great a parcel of earth to fly on wings in the air, as it does of water in steams and vapours. And what swarms must we suppose to be sent out of those plentiful inundations of water which are poured down by the sluices of rain in such vast quantities? So that we need not much wonder at those innumerable clouds of locusts with which Africa and other hot countries are so pestered, since in those places are found all the convenient causes of their production, namely genitors or parents, concurrent receptacles or matrixes, and a sufficient degree of natural heat and moisture. I was going to annex a little draft of the figure of those nuts sent out of Devonshire, but chancing to examine Mr. Parkinson's herbal for something else, and particularly about galls and oak apples, I found among no less than twenty-four several kinds of excrescences of the oak, which I doubt not, but upon examination will all be found to be the matrixes of so many several kinds of insects, I having observed many of them myself to be so among twenty-four several kinds, I say, I found one described and figured directly like that which I had by me. The scheme is there to be seen, the description, because but short, I have here adjoined. Teatri Botanici, Trib. 16, Chapter 2 There groweth at the roots of old oaks in the springtime, and sometimes also in the very heat of summer, a peculiar kind of mushroom or excrescence, called Uva Kersina swelling out of the earth, many growing one close unto another of the fashion of a grape, and therefore took the name the oak-grape, and is of a purplish colour on the outside, and white within like milk, and in the end of summer becometh hard and woody. Whether this be the very same kind I cannot affirm, but both the picture and description come very near to that I have, but that he seems not to take notice of the hollowness, or worm, for which tis most observable. And therefore tis very likely, if men did but take notice, they might find very many differing species of these nuts, ovaries, or matrixes, and all of them too have much the same designation and office. And I have very lately found several kinds of excrescencies on trees and shrubs, which having endured the winter, upon opening them, I found most of them to contain little worms, but dead, those things that contained them being withered and dry. End of section 48 Recording by Philip Gould